Hey everyone, I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up and move the ball. Hi, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. Now, we are currently in my special Women in Leadership series, and today I've got a very special guest with me. So inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is Amy Nickerson. Amy is an author, television and film content creator, lecturer, educational consultant, and diversity, inclusion, and anti-racism advocate. She has been married for over 30 years to her husband, Hardy, a former NFL All-Pro linebacker, former NFL and college coach, and her son, Hardy Jr., currently plays for the Minnesota Vikings. Amy has counseled numerous student-athletes and their families about various issues unique to student-athletes, such as balancing the demands of school and sports, the NCAA college recruitment process, and other general academic support concerns. Our Amy has also served as the vice president of the Hardy Nickerson Foundation, which is a nonprofit foundation that provides educational programs for disadvantaged youth. She's also hosted her own weekly sports radio talk show and has also owned and managed a real estate firm servicing professional athletes and entertainers. Now, I could go on and on. There's so many great things that Amy has done, and we'll talk about some more of those in our show. But first, let's welcome Amy to the show. Amy, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, and I'm, I just, I'm excited to, to, uh, to, to chat with you. Yeah, me too. So let's start off talking about, so you were married to, or you are married to Hardy, who played in the league for many, many years, NFL, all-pro linebacker. Tell us what it was like being a wife of an NFL player, trying to manage your career, but also, you know, lead the team and support everything uh, from a household standpoint, manage your family while Hardy was playing professional football. Wow. Yes. Well, Hardy played for 16 years, which is kind of an, an unusually long career. <laughs> it was great. I mean, it was, but you know, it was just pretty hectic to sum it up. And especially when we um, had the twins, we have, we have an older daughter who, who was two at the time. And then we had twins when he was playing for Tampa. And, and this was in the nineties, you know, we didn't have all of these great gadgets and things to, to, um, you know, cell phones and, and tablets to kind of help you. I was a paper and pen gal trying to just coordinate moves all the time. And it was, it was a lot. And I kind of had to, honestly, I was like the quarterback of our family or maybe a GM too. And, you know, because of the, the strains that, that a professional career can, you know, football career can put on the family with, you know, Hardy being gone a lot or needing to move. He liked to train back in the Bay Area every off season. So we had, we ended up having, we moved twice a year. We had two homes and it, it helped him. It benefited him for, you know, health reasons and athletic reasons. But, you know, here we are like I'm moving kids and we have, they have two schools. Uh, we go back and forth and, and that was just really a big juggle. I don't regret it because we wanted to keep the family together rather than, you know, for us having, you know, one location and then not maybe the kids not seeing their dad or whatever. But it was it was a lot. And I kind of like to say now, uh, after after looking at it, you know, I'm the one who kind of took a lot of the hits. Um, gladly, but you know, I, I, I took one for the team, so to speak, in kind of managing it all and had to kind of put some of my 
things that I wanted to do for myself on hold. And I think as women, we do that a lot. We take one for the team, for our children, for our spouses. And so it, it can be tougher to try to balance the things that we want to do in our lives and, and maintain you know, the harmony of the family, make sure everything is needed for our kids and, and uh, make sure that the unit is supported, if you will, and the team is supported. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, what I've found, and I'm 53 now, and I, you know, I, I got married very young. We, we married right after college. Um, so I was in my early 20s. And, you know, at that time, I had finished uh, at UC Berkeley. We both had our degrees. But, but his career just kind of was on this, you know, winding kind of, you don't know. And then he, he, um, he um, you know, was able to get help with the Reggie White case. They got free agency. He was one of the named plaintiffs. So then we, that was enabled us to move finally. And then we started moving a lot, but you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to, I wanted to be a television journalist, but I was on this path where I couldn't really stay one place long. And, and I, I did start trying to intern at a, at a TV station, but it just, it just didn't work with what he was doing, you know? And so I just kind of had to, and then once we started having children, it was just like the children, the children. And keeping all that together well into high school. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. I did end up going back to college um, when I was 42, I think. Yeah, it's been about over, a little over 10 years now. And that's when I got my master's in education because I had by that time identified some of the things that I had been seeing throughout the, the journey about issues with athletes in education. And so then that kind of ignited my passion. So it took a turn. I'm not the television journalist that I, I thought I wanted to be at 20, but um, you never know. I might, I might get into that at some point. Well, it's interesting how life takes us in different directions, directions yes. that we didn't necessarily foresee. When I was a kid, I, my dad was an engineer, and so I was like, yep, I want to be an engineer, and that's what I went to undergrad for. And then I got an MBA thinking, you know, I want to kind of be on the business side in a technical mm -hmm company and, and I wanted to be a fortune 500 CEO was the dream. And then mm -hmm. uh, my dad passed away and many folks listening know my dad passed away a few years ago, very unexpectedly. And that kind of took me on a different path. And now I'm on the entrepreneurial journey. And uh, it's just interesting how life events take us in different directions. Absolutely. I have this, uh, there's a meme that I love to post and it, and it talks about or it shows success. And, and one side is what you think success looks like. And then the other one is what it really is. And so yes. on the left side, the one that you think it is, is this, there's this trajectory that's just this arrow that continues to go up, 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 up. And you're on this. And then, of course, what it really is, is it looks like you're just doodling on a piece of paper. Like yes. up and down and then around and then down and then up and and that's just really what it is. And I, I think for me, my personality is one where I really wanted it to be the straight, predictable arrow going up. And I had to fight a lot of just, you know, my, my pressures on myself because that's what I wanted it to be. But I've had to just relax and understand it's the doodle on paper and it, anything can happen. Just like this coronavirus. <laughs> and now everybody's doodling and up and down and around and, and, and we just have to keep moving. <laughs> Absolutely. <Move the> ball. <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. yes. And, you know, I, I think all of us wish for that straight line. Maybe there's some adventure seekers that love the thrill and the, the spontaneity. Yeah. But like, I think most people really want that straight line. And life just isn't that way. It's full of so many curves. And I have seen a version of that image that you described, because I actually just posted about it. Um, I've got a, a women's Facebook group that I posted mm-hmm. and I talked about how the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. But our mm-hmm. lives are not that way and uh, for us it's twists turns curves and you just got to roll with it and figure yeah. out how you pivot what adjustments you need to make and how you can continue to to move forward so share with us when things haven't been going how you've envisioned what are some of the things that help you to keep moving forward that you can share with other people to help them as they're navigating through this current pandemic which is full of uncertainty and other things that they may be facing in their lives Yes. Well, for me, my personality, everybody's different, but my personality is kind of like, I really have to be regimented. I I like to be on a schedule. I'm just, it just helps me know what I'm going to do. And of course, all of this stuff made it so I couldn't, I mean, with coronavirus and I'm, I'm used to going to the grocery store at eight and I get there and they're like, sorry, we don't open until 10 and we're not open every day or whatever. And it's just like, I had to really just start going more into my inside, my internal space and meditate and pray for calm because I was not able to, uh, I wasn't going to win this wrestling match, right? With just, you know, being intent on having things the way I wanted them to be. So flexibility is key. And I didn't always learn that lesson, but I'm a believer now. (laughs) And so I, I had to give myself some grace And you know what? I am a stickler for, you know, my to-do list and my to-do list. And I hate moving stuff from today to tomorrow. But I had to, you know, relax and say, you know, Amy, you did the best you could today. And yes, there are seven things that didn't get done and they're going to have to go on to tomorrow. But I just really would say that the biggest thing for me has been to just be gentle on myself because this is huge what has happened to us in this last year. And of course, everybody else has other things that have happened beyond coronavirus. So I just try to take some, some, a few minutes every day to listen to calming music. I actually have tapes, or, or not tapes, but you know, a pod, a, a playlists of just nature stuff. I went on and got like falling water and, and running water and the seashell or the seashore crashing waves. And, and to me, that helps. If I can't even get outside, at least I can listen. And, and calm myself down and, and get centered, like a lot of people say, in, in yoga world. <laughs> Got it. And you mentioned, you know, giving yourself grace and not being so hard on yourself. I think especially as women, we tend to be very hard on ourselves if things don't go as planned for the day or if we didn't get done everything that we wanted, which is oftentimes the case because there's always so many things we want to do every day and life happens. And I think it's important for us to remember that, you know, as long as you've put in the effort and done what you can for the day, then it's okay. It really yeah. is. And tomorrow is another day and the things you didn't get done today, then first of all, reassess. Do you need to get all those things done? And if so, then push them out till tomorrow or whenever you have time for them. But don't beat yourself up if you don't get everything done every day. Exactly. I, I like to look at it as, you know, a lot of my stuff over the years has, has become um, football, football termed. And, you know, I, I, I try to kind of look at my life as, you know, 
you, you want a, a football game, they know they have 60 minutes and that's all they have and, and, and they have to manage the time and manage the clock and, and it's really intense. And I was kind of running my life that way. Um, oh no, I only have this, you know, and that can create a lot of stress, especially when you get to the two minute warning. But yes. I had to kind of exit that thinking. I couldn't just always be on football jargon life, <laughs> life terms. And I, I had to kind of just say, you know, no, I, I, you know, I know about the 60 minute thing, but I might need 120. I mean, I don't know. And, and you just really have to kind of go outside the box of what you used to expect your life to be and how you expected it to run. Yes. Yeah, so I, I talk about managing the game clock often, and I had shared with you when we were chatting earlier that I had just recently given some talks at USC, and that was a part of it was managing the game clock, but it's not 60 minutes. It's the 1,440 minutes of the day, right, and just yeah. being intentional with how you're spending each of those minutes and to just get organized and figure out what you need to do. And again, if you have to push things out till tomorrow, it's okay. Yes, Absolutely. So, yes. share with us, so I mentioned that to your son, Hardy Jr., is playing for the Vikings now. Talk to us about what it's like being a mom, having a son that's playing professional football and managing, you know, what you're trying to do with your life and also being a mom to him and your yeah, other well, children. It's hard, and he's, a, he's grown. He's 26, but, you know, they need – because they go – I call it they go into the matrix, <laughs> for lack of a better expression. But they kind of just, you know, they go, and you don't, you don't know if you're going to see them. They have their own, you know, schedules. And many times people, regular folks who aren't in this world, don't understand how limited their – how scarce their time is. And so they think, oh, well, why didn't you just do this? And they don't understand. They really only have Tuesdays off and things like that. They don't understand the calendar. So – Having to do this move and, and a last minute's notice has been hard. And I'm thankful that I had the leisure time to be able to fly out here and help him find an apartment because a lot of times it's just hard. Some of the guys, they have, you know, their agents might do it or, or whatever, but they have a whole different juggle. And, and it, as a mom who, who understood as a wife what it took it is a little easier for me because I already know. I'm like, okay, Hardy, you got to do this, 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 and this. Oh, yeah, don't forget this. And so I'm kind of like his perpetual to-do list because I already know what being in the football matrix kind of entails. But it's hard. And it's hard, too, because what's hard about being a mom of an NFL player, particularly when he's the son of one who was great, is, is the, the, sometimes the people and the comparisons and, and, and how people can be unfair. And my mom hat always is, is the, the biggest hat that I wear. And so I'm, I'm protective and, and it's just hard. It's, hard. it's hard listening to stuff if it's negative. It's hard, you know, there are trolls out there on, on, on Twitter and Instagram and, and, and it, that's what's hard. Just there's so much there. A great, a great point, which is there are so many people out on the digital space, social media that do troll and just put out negativity uh, and comments. And whether you're a professional athlete or not, and it happens yeah. to all of us. Yeah, I've, I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. I've had people that have trolled on posts and, and posts where I've been very vulnerable too. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so it's, it's tough to deal with people like that. At some point you get used to it and you're like, okay, whatever, but we're still human beings and we have feelings. So it, it still can be hurtful when people are not nice. It really is. And I guess as my mom, the big, that being the biggest role I feel that I have, 
Uh, I have other roles too, and, and wife too, but this mom thing has just been really supreme. You just want to kind of cocoon your loved ones, you know, from, from pain and, and bad experiences and, you know, and, and at the same time needing to know where to back off and let them, let them live and do what they need to do. But it's just, I guess, I don't know, the world right now with, with, with instant everything and social media, it's just coming at us so fast. You know, like they said, that commercial life comes at you fast. Um, it all comes at you fast. And it just seems like you just can't get a reprieve from just everything. That's the biggest thing that I manage every day, just trying to kind of recover from the negativity of, that comes at you. Yes. And what do you do? How do you help recover from that? Yes. Well, again, uh, I, I, I turn on, I listen to the ocean and then birds mm-hmm. chirp. Or if I can, I go out, I go outdoors if, if I can do that, if I'm, I'm not always somewhere where I can do that. But uh, I really retreat to nature and just get grounded again and pray and just kind of just like think about good things and calm down because you, you, you really do enter a matrix in, in, in navigating everyday life now and anything. And it can take you down like you're on the Colorado River in a, in a you know, white water rafting or something. And you gotta like, you gotta get them off. So I just unplug is what I do and get from out of this whole conundrum of everything. Nature, nature is what helps me, <laughs> really. That's awesome. It's so important to unplug. We're so connected to our phones, to our devices, and we just need to take that break and that time out and just reset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, Amy, you've been a great quarterback for your team, for your family. What are you doing now? I know we've talked about reinventing yourself and you recently published a book, How Do You See Us, which was released in 2019. Talk to us about what is Amy doing now? Well, Amy has kind of like, I mean, I'm still helping quarterback a little bit. I still have people needing me in that, in that way. But I have just, I think the launch of my book really has taken me on a whole different path. Um, I wrote How Do You See Us, just to quickly tell you, it, it was you know, I, I wanted to get off my chest a lot of the stuff that had happened to my family, particularly my husband and son, with regard to like crazy police stops and or people blaming them or, or accusing them of things. Uh, one quick story, my, my husband was getting in our car, it was our, our BMW at a mall, and um, a white gentleman came up and started demanding that he show his license. And he st- said he was putting him under a citizen's arrest. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. I wasn't there. It was just Hardy. But he was like, wait, what? And this man was serious. He was like trying to do a citizen's arrest on Hardy because he believed that he was stealing a car when it was really Hardy's car. So I, I talk about how do you see us in this book? Because I want to talk about the seeing part and preconceived notions, stereotypes, what people are seeing when they see black people. And, and it, sometimes it's, it's, it's criminals that they see or, or, or threats when maybe they're not, they're not. And so I wanted to share some of our personal experiences with this, with, with, with the cops, with their guns out, with, with kids in the car and just crazy stuff to kind of just, you know, and lo and behold, like the country is just, you know, up and uproar over lots of things that are unjust. And now I speak about that. 
I, it's, I didn't ever think that this was what I was going to do, but that's the turn that I've had recently. Well, I think that's great that you're using your stories and Hardy's stories to really help educate people and try to make an impact and drive change um, because there have been so many incidences that have been publicized in the last six months, but this is not a new issue. Right. And so I think it's great that you're using your voice to be able to try to make an impact and educate law enforcement and and hopefully drive, drive some change. Yes. That's, and I don't know where it'll take me. I'm I'm kind of on that journey, but like I said, I didn't expect that this would be what I was going to be doing, but it's just kind of materialized uh, out of, out of necessity. So, um, and certainly there's much to be said right now. So that's kind of my new thing. And so tell people too, where can people get your book? I love the title. I think it's a great title, by the way. Thank you. Yes, it is available on Amazon. If you search for it, it's How Do You See Us by Amy Nickerson um, on Amazon.com. And it's available in paperback. I, um, it's, it's available um, ebook. And then also I recorded my own audio version. So that's on Audible. Uh, but it's all available through Amazon. And if you also go to my website, it's HowDoYouSeeUs.com. You can find out more information about there too. Perfect. And we'll be sure to put the Amazon link as well as your website in the show notes so people can check that out. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now, so what else do you have uh, going on? So you're doing the speaking. Uh, What else are you doing in uh, in 2020? I actually had been wanting to do this for for years. I signed with a modeling agency. Nice. I'm um, embarking on some modeling and acting and voiceover stuff. Um, So that's kind of like another area that I'm doing. I'm also doing a lot of writing. I I I wrote the How Do You See Us book, but I've had years and years of, of, of notes and outlines of things that I wanted to write as I was running from here to there and everywhere with the family, right? And then I also, uh, my husband and I started a think tank right around COVID when COVID started because we watched how everything changed abruptly uh, with sports. And we were wondering, well, heck, how is education going to work now? What are they going to do? What do you what do you do in case this happens again? So we've been working with, with several other people, kind of just brainstorming to, to put together some ideas that maybe might gain some ground and be maybe a, a skeleton of, of some kind of new structure for how things look in the future for student athletes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's important to consider new models, so to speak, um, new ways of thinking, education, because it's so important, especially what coronavirus has taught us is things can change. And in instant, when I think back to when all this started, so I was at the NFL Combine in February, that first week that the stock market just tanked, the Dow was down like 3,600 points. And then that was kind of the beginning of when the world just shut down, you know, and we've adjusted and things have come back, but to some extent, we're not back to normal, but we're, we're seeing more normalcy than we did five months ago, right? But uh, this one event kind of just changed everyone's lives forever. It really did. And 
you know, it is like the pulling of the plug and, and you're just like, well, now what? And, and, I, and you do see how people recover. And now we kind of know how to get around with masks and gloves or whatever. And, oh, everybody's used to going outside. It's so crazy watching everybody with masks on. Though You know, it's like, wait a minute, what is going on? Yes, with, as it pertains to um, education and, you know, nobody, you know, these coaches are, are going crazy right now, not even knowing when they'll play, how to prepare. Everybody had that to-do list that they knew, kind of like I spoke of earlier. Doesn't mean anything anymore. It's like, right. wait a minute. And that is what is just, you know, piqued our interest about, hey, wait a minute, how do you, maybe online education might be what, you know, just trying to figure out what to do so you're not so disadvantaged in the future, if something else, I mean, there could be another virus that comes, you know, or who knows, trying to be ready for it, trying to figure out a way to maintain normalcy, a sense of normalcy in a very different way. So what I want to do now is I want to transition to my lightning round. I'm going to ask you seven questions. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. All right. The first one is what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you listening to right now? I don't have a podcast per se that I'm listening to, and I've been so busy. I haven't really been able to read a book, but there is a book that I, I recently purchased that I haven't opened yet called Cast, and um, it's about just the caste system that exists for Black Americans, the country, and how it got that way and what, what can happen and what should happen. Gotcha. Yeah, you've got a lot uh, going on, especially this past <laughs> week with getting Hardy Jr. settled in Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> So my next question is, it's important to take time out in life. What do you do to decompress? I end up having to like just find a, a nice quiet room or spot or whatever. Sometimes it's my car. And I just like to listen to uh, calming music. Sometimes it's classical music. And sometimes it's just nature sounds. And I just breathe and I, I try to do yoga. I just haven't been as committed as I should, but I, I firmly believe that you've got to kind of get your body centered and your mind calm. That's great. It's important to, to do that, to think positively. All right. My next question is who has been an influential woman in your life and why? Oh boy. I would have to say my mother who I lost uh, 12 years ago, but my mom was just like the backbone of our family. My dad died when I was 14 from a lung disease. And so, you know, it's really just my mom who I had. She was an educator and I come from a family of educators, but she just kind of like ran a tight ship with education in our family. And so I owe it all to her, what I know and what I believe and what I understand about, you know, educational opportunities and educational pursuits, just the benefit of having an education. It's my mama, and she was so much more than an educator. She's just a wonderful, loving person. I, I get she was very uh, funny. I, I get a lot of my fun and my comedic elements from her, and she was a great cook. I just, I miss her so much. She sounds like an amazing, amazing woman. So my next question is, what is the best piece of advice that you've been given by a coach or a mentor? Wow. Well, I tell you what, and it has come true. It has rung true. Uh, the best advice I got was uh, from a mentor back when Hardy was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, there was another wife there. She was my mentor. She, she showed me everything. I was the new wife. I didn't know anything about the NFL or how this thing went. Her words were, don't get comfortable. <laughs> 
And she was so right because I was like this bright eyed, you know, 22 year old, like, oh, yeah, wow, this is great. And what she wanted me to understand was how um, fleeting things were in the, at that level of, in, in that life. And not just with the game, but just with everything. Sometimes people who would go to a team and they were all excited and they're like, yay, and I'm going to live here forever and stuff. And then the next thing you know, they're traded. And, and you, you just have to understand. And it's kind of like we talked about earlier with just things changing. Don't get comfortable. Don't get so comfortable that you're complacent and you believe that that's all it is. It, it, there's, there's always something different. That's a great piece of advice. Now I'm going to flip it and ask you, what piece of advice would you give to somebody? Oh, wow. Well, I, I believe the don't get comfortable too, but I, I don't, you know, I, I've never summed it up in a few words, but just, you gotta just, you gotta stay positive. That, that is one piece of advice I know. And, and, and a lot of days it's really hard to do. And I tend to sometimes really get rocked by negativity, but what I really have found that staying positive and keeping a positive outlook and being optimistic helps everything. It just helps everything. So that would be my advice is to, to be optimistic and stay positive. Always, Absolutely. always know that there's water in, 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 the, in the, it's half, it's half full. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's so important, especially as we're going through this whole pandemic and everything now to maintain that positive mindset mm -hmm. to help you get through the day to day. Yes, yes. So my next question is, what is something that most people don't know about you? Um, oh, gosh, I don't know. Let's see. Um, they don't know that I really love to sing. Um, I, I haven't meant or wanted to be a you know professional singer but I love to sing I'm always singing always singing gotcha okay my last question is if you're stranded on an island and you could only bring one thing with you and you have all the things that you need to survive what would be that one thing that you would want to have with you now you've got me thinking about castaway here I go with my, my movie, my movie uh, there we go I see castaway I see him and you know, it would have to be a picture of my family or some way to communicate with my family. So I don't know, it could be a cell phone, I guess. I don't know if it would work out on this island, but at least a picture because it, I get motivated by my loved ones. And I don't care about candy bars or whatever. I, I need to see my family. So somehow a way, maybe a picture or, or some other means of, of communicating or at least seeing them would be what I would need. Gotcha. That's a great answer. So as we wrap up today's show, Amy, any last thoughts for our listeners? And also, are there any social channels that you're on or ways that people can follow you? Um, well, I'm still navigating that whole social, <laughs> social media thing. I, I don't know why I've been so um, um, resistant. I always joke that I've been a paper and pen girl and, and I just can't do that anymore. So I have not the presence that I would like, but I do have a Twitter account and um, Instagram too, uh, with a couple of pictures of flowers on it. <laughs> I haven't learned how to really, really work it, uh, but, I, but I will be doing better. So I, I do have an Instagram account, um, Amy Nickerson and, and Twitter, the Amy Nickerson. And I have a website, uh, howdoyouseeus.com. And I have a new website coming uh, that we'll, I'll start blogging on. And that will be amynickerson.net. It's up now, but I haven't started the blogging yet. But I hope to kind of just put some thoughts out weekly about things that I see in life. Thank you for having you interview me because I really like what you're doing. And 
the truth is it really moving the ball. That, that's the, there you go. Moving the ball. You got to keep it moving. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being on the show. I love everything that you're doing. I've loved getting to know you over the last few months as we're working together on some other projects and uh, everyone check out Amy's book, check out her website. She's doing amazing things out there. And I know she's going to continue to put out great content with her new blog and everything else that she's writing. So stay tuned, everyone. Uh, Thank you so much, Amy, for being on the show today. Thank you, Jen. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Until next time, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.